It's Friday morning here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. I am Chris Yao, along with Maurice Patton, as always. Good morning to Terry the Chicken Man, who is on the board this morning. We appreciate you being here for us and helping us. Hey, thanks. This is an awesome show. I, I listen to it when I'm at home, and it's amazing the information you guys share about all the local sports. Uh, it's fantastic. It's a I, I love this show. I'll put it that way. It's awesome. Well, we appreciate that, and we appreciate you guys listening out there in Radio Land. Maurice, it is, uh, it, it's Friday. It is week six on the board, and we've been talking about it all morning. The schedule for tonight's high school football games is all over the place, but we are going to be talking about several games in the coverage area all the way from the state line up to South Nashville, all the way out to Shelbyville, and who knows how far west we'll go. But this morning, speaking of teams out west, (laughs) we found out yesterday about 12.30-ish that Mount Pleasant has been able to procure a Week 6 game on Saturday, as their COVID restrictions end today, they will now play tomorrow afternoon against McEwen at 4 o'clock at the Mount. So you got SEC football and you got McEwen at Mount Pleasant. Mm. Somebody, somebody may have some choices to make, but... Um, go, to, go to Mount Pleasant and... Tape your SEC game. Watch it on your phone. Football on your phone. Hey, it's football. <laughs> listen, I—that's I, what I do when I'm. I mean, if I have to watch it, you know, Saturdays I'm usually doing something else and working, and, and you know, I've got I've got my phone sitting right in front of me, ready to go. So go out to Mount Pleasant. It's going to be worth your time because this McEwen team has only played one game this year, mm-hmm. but this is a team that beat Mount Pleasant last year in the state playoffs 42-21 so the Tigers are looking to get a little revenge in week six um actually <laughs> I think it was 49-21 well and it may have been yeah um, but, it, but but your point is made it was it was not a close game yeah now in 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 defense of the tigers in that ball game they had some injuries going into that ball game they um, were missing a lot of they folks. were missing some folks for injuries they were missing some folks for other reasons and all of those folks would have contributed heavily and um covid notwithstanding they should be a pretty well full strength saturday when they take the field against the McEwen warriors and I'm interested to see, since I'll be out there pulling double duty this weekend, um, I'm interested to see the young guy that that you saw down at Fayetteville a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Cooper, who you were hanging out with. (laughs) Hanging with Mr. Cooper, I was. Yeah. Uh, You know, that kid, Keevan Cooper, a freshman, I want to call him a running back, but, I mean, in reality, he's just – one of their do-it-all athletes. He's, he's a get-him-the-ball-and-get-out-of-the-way kind of guy. He is, and, and he's, a, he's a good target for uh, Tavares Strayhorn when he wants to throw the football. Cooper is pretty much his main target, so 
that's that's definitely a guy that you want to you know key on if you're a Mount Pleasant opponent. But if you're Bronson Bradley, you still got to find a way to get him the football. Yeah, I, I think I, I as you mentioned, McEwen's only played the one game on the field this year. Um, they defeated Perry County 49-30, which a lot of people seem to be running up some numbers against Perry County, if you've noticed. Mm -hmm. But um, that's the only on-field game that they have had. Their other win um, was a, a COVID win over Houston County. But um, they've only played one game. Mount Pleasant's played three. We talked coming into the year about not having a preseason, you know, not having scrimmages, not having seven-on-seven, seven, all that stuff. So the first time a lot of these teams were seeing somebody else was in the first game that counted. I think, and we didn't get to pick this game yesterday for obvious reasons, but I think that experience is going to put Mount Pleasant in pretty good shape for this ball game on Saturday. I, I, I don't know if you were ready for picks, but I'm expecting the host Tigers to, to finally break into the win column this weekend. I was not ready for picks, but I agree with you, and I am taking the Mount Pleasant Tigers as well. That is a, in your, for the exact reasons you just mentioned. And we talked about this in the car yesterday about how that could affect other local teams and potentially big region games coming up in the, in the next seven days. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Mount Pleasant has. A little bit more experience. They've gotten a chance to see what players are going to contribute and what players need to be focused on. Ethan Beasley, you know, against Fayetteville, did not carry the ball nearly as much as he normally does. And I think in a game against a team that has not played as much, I feel like lining up and going straight at a team like that is probably a better option than maybe trying to out-scheme them because you're talking about kids who have not had an opportunity to hit a lot. They've not, you know, they've been hitting sleds, they've been hitting each other and probably not going full strength. You've got a chance to go out there and just be dominant in the trenches. And and if you're playing a team that has not hit a lot, asking them to hit Ethan Beasley it's kind of mean. <laughs> that's not what you want to. I mean, that's kind of. Uh, I feel bad for for them, really. Yeah. But the, these kids are very, you know, the the McEwen kids are excited to be playing. They're, oh, absolutely. They're going to have. They're going to be able to. You know, the first that first part of the game, there's going to be a lot of emotion. They're going to be playing hype, and I, I feel like at some point you have to. Mount Pleasant has to take the wind out of their sails early, set the tone, and if they're able to do that, I feel like it will kind of deflate that emotion and it becomes more of a who is more who is tougher football game. You know, I think it was Ben Martin that made the comment a few weeks ago um, heading into Columbia Spring Hill and – he said that there's going to be emotion early, but at some point, you know, when that emotion dissipates, you got to have some passion. That's right. And and uh, that was 
that was an interesting thought to me, and it's kind of resonated. And and like you said, McEwen is going to come in here having only played one game. They're going to be really emotional about the idea of getting on the field. Once Mount Pleasant starts doing what we think they're going to do on both sides of the ball, is McEwen going to be able to bring that passion into play to match that? I think when you're playing a team that you know is a potential playoff opponent despite not playing a lot of games this year at at some point with near McEwen you have to be more worried about especially when you only get the game on Thursday you have to be more worried about what you are doing mm-hmm. and just executing your game plan versus trying to especially when you're talking about Mount Pleasant, who mm-hmm. runs the wing tee, it's hard to scheme against that. It's hard to scheme for that with two weeks, right? let alone two days. So you have to just kind of do what you do, play assignment football, try to win the battle in the trenches, and if you can do that, you've got a chance to win. You give yourself an opportunity. It's going to be an interesting ball game for sure, especially, again, given the, the circumstances of how it came about. <laughs> I'm really excited uh, about – Hearing it, it will be um, will be available on radio, and you can get that live stream link on our website sm-tnsports.com. All right, let's uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about some other sports, some some results from last night. Mm-hmm. We spoke when we went to the Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce luncheon yesterday. We spoke with Independence Assistant Soccer Coach Chris Clunan who is the JV coach as well, his JV team, he's the JV head coach, and his JV team actually got a 2 nothing win over Brentwood yesterday. Unfortunately, the varsity took their first district loss against the Bruins. They fell 4-1, to one, but independent soccer has been very good this season. Jalen Counts is as good as we've seen in the area she and Ava Corbin between those two have have really given us an opportunity to see a couple of really good soccer players uh, on this girls side so proud of, proud of uh of what independence has been able to do and you know a, an, a district loss in regular season isn't if it's if it's your only one especially it's not a game changer necessarily. It gives you, you still have the opportunity in the in the postseason. And and in that district, when you're talking about the tradition of a Franklin and That's a Brentwood right. and a Ravenwood, for this to for Independence to have played this deep into the season and this be their first district loss, that's um it's pretty significant. Absolutely, well well done, Lady Eagles. Also in the South Williamson area, Centennial defeated Summit 2-1 to one in girls' soccer. They, uh, Centennial took a 2-0 lead into halftime, which means that Summit held them scoreless in the second half, so have to be proud of that effort by their defense and goal keeps. Additionally, uh, Summit did beat Centennial in volleyball 3-1. to one. Uh, Like we've talked about with this, this Summit volleyball team, they've been very good this season, and they continue to get better. The district tournament is going to be a lot of fun with Brentwood, Ravenwood, Independence, Mm -hmm. Summit. All of those teams are capable of reaching the state tournament. Absolutely. With that win, that ought to get them, what, 
nine and one, ten and one. Somewhere I think they, I think there. they are nine and one in in district play, which probably earns them the two seed in that tournament, and it's going to be very interesting when the tournament play rolls around because Brentwood has all their horses back. So, yeah, <laughs> and they summit lost to Brentwood without several key players in five sets so but that's not to say summit does not have the ability to get a win this is a team that when they play to the best of their ability they're as good as anybody and and having gone to that um that event the border battle the border battle over at cool springs this past weekend is going to serve them well i would think just continuing to see quality competition as they get ready for the postseason oh no question speaking of Competition in volleyball, Kalioka got up 2-0 yesterday against Mount Pleasant, and the second time we've seen this happen, Kalioka gets up 2-0 and then gives up and loses three straight sets to Mount Pleasant, and they take a 3-2 loss. Great job by Mount Pleasant and that team to make sure that you know, they didn't get down on themselves. They were able to rally back and mm-hmm. get a win. Yeah, they they lost the first two games, th- uh, 25-13, 25-12. Dang, 25-13, 20, goodness gracious. Yeah, and, and so then they come back in the pivotal, the third, pivotal third set, set and win that one 25-21, tie it 25-19, and then um, get that fifth set, the decisive fifth set. 15-6. So, yeah, big win, like you said, for the Lady Tigers. And you can read more about Mount Pleasant's second-year volleyball coach, Melina Jaime, um, on our website at sm-tnsports.com. Um, that is a fantastic story. Thanks, thanks. Um, big ups to me. No. <laughs> when she is – I was about to say that the the subject of the story is, is much more interesting than your, your – your your words, I'm just saying. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I understand that, and it and is I, a good story. I would though. not disagree. No, um, when when Molina is not coaching volleyball at Mount Pleasant High School, she's fighting crime in the streets of Mount Pleasant as a patrol officer. So um, you <laughs> okay. don't see that every make day. Make sure you ha- make. I was about to say, make sure you qualify that with as a, as a patrol officer because. While she no, may she's be not a, a vigilante, <laughs> maybe while she may also be a superhero for being a single mother, a volleyball, a, a, a volunteer volleyball coach, and a police officer. That's not. I mean, she is a superhero. Don't get me not wrong. Not all heroes wear capes. That's right. Not all heroes wear capes. But so. this one wears a badge. Be sure and check out that story. It's pretty good stuff. If I do oh, say so man. myself. We have had some really good play on words. With this particular story. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, it it several, lends itself well to that kind of it thing. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Anyway, great. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, 
custom stone handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Maurice, we are joined now by TWSWA Director and Columbia native, Mr. Bernard Childers. Mr. Childers, thanks for joining us. Hey, hold up a oh, minute. Wait. That's Executive Director. Oh, yeah. He is. That's right. Get he is, it right. He's very executive, too. <laughs> Get it right. That's Executive oh, Director that's Bernard Childress. Bernard, I, oh, pre- I appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you all so much for having me on. And trust me, I don't get in, get excited about titles. Okay? <laughs> like, uh, here's something I'm that I, Bernard. I here's something I think you may be excited about. Week six of high school football in Tennessee. Did you think uh, we would get here, Maurice? Uh, I can't tell you how excited we are. We. We never anticipated that we would be where we are right now, and it's it's. Uh, I think the most confident part about it is that you know we've had some uh, cases, we've had some teams that have had to quarantine, uh, you know, and some and that was anticipated, but we've been able to keep our numbers down, which tells us that our schools are doing. Uh, fantastic job our administrators and coaches are doing what they need to do and and, and the players also uh doing what they need to do to keep our numbers down you know on an average friday night uh, we may have three games out of the hundred or so that are being played that are not being played due to covid is, which is phenomenal you know just going on off of that Bernard, we we've seen several teams have to like you said quarantine for here and there but it doesn't seem like the teams that are playing each other are having to quarantine at the same time. So does that lend itself to the thinking that they are not passing it on to each other during play? That's that's a great question, and uh, we think so. I, you know, of course, there's no way to know you know, sure. how you know someone uh, got it, or, or you know, of course, when you do your contact tracing, you know who came in contact with those individuals. But we've asked that question to several schools that have had to, you know, quarantine. Do you think that it came from practice or from, you know, actually participating in the game? And they said, no, we've been able to trace it back to this particular individual was around uh, someone at home or some, you know, or they went out on the weekend, had, had a party or something like that. So we haven't, we haven't been able to really trace that it came from competition itself yeah that's fantastic news to to me that's fantastic it really is yes it really is and we and i'm telling you we ask that question all the time Mm -hmm. and uh we just haven't been able to pinpoint that it came from competition 
And and obviously football gets the most attention, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you have to be pleased that volleyball is approaching postseason play. Girls soccer is approaching postseason play. Um, golf is in the middle of postseason golf is play. in postseason play. So I mean, uh, and volleyball uh, and cross country, cross country is coming up as well. Uh, your fall sports schedule has pretty well come off with little interruption, relatively speaking. Yeah, but then I can tell you, uh, we're very pleased with that. But one of the things that we are dealing with on our end is just how we're going to conduct our championships and where we're going to be conducting those championships. You all know we had to move our cross country event because of. You know, we just couldn't mm-hmm. get a commitment at that particular time and totally understood what Metro Nashville was, you know. And so we're having to move it to Hendersonville. We're having to do it over a two-day period as opposed to one day to try to spread things out. We're, re- we're redoing practically every one of our schedules to give teams an opportunity. I mean, just and fans also, uh, just the opportunity to be there for their particular game and then, you know, let someone else come in and watch their, their student-athletes play, student play, and then decreasing the number of uh, fans that we can have at games, just like our schools are doing. So it's uh, – but, you know, we, we're, we're trying to do everything we can, as I said before, to mitigate the risk surrounding competition, knowing that the competition itself is, is the risk that we're taking. You mentioned Nashville. Um, Metro Nashville Public Schools are going to resume football tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Again, a, a development that you got to be excited about as as executive director, I would think. And we are. We're excited for those young uh, young uh, men who, you know, you all have seen them just like I have. It's been very frustrated that people around them were getting to play. And because of the numbers, you know, in Nashville, they were not. Uh, but uh, the superintendent and the health department finally worked together and gave, gave them an opportunity to play. Uh, you know, if I could just say anything, Maurice, I once said Metro Nashville, uh, they have done it right as far as working with us. They have kept us informed. I was on the phone yesterday with Roosevelt Sanders with the uh you know, the athletic director in Metro Nashville, Davidson County, every step that they've taken, they have called us and let us know where they were and what they were doing. And any guidance that we could give them, we've been able to do that. And we just appreciate the way they've handled this. We've been very supportive of the decisions that they made. And we're excited for those for them to be able to get to this point to, uh, to, uh, tonight. I was even this morning saying I was hoping it did not rain today so the kids in Nashville could have an opportunity to play tonight without having to be in the rain. Yeah. I think that, well, I know for a fact they're playing without fans. Uh, that'll be uh, interesting. But they'll, you know, they'll get where they need to be. And that's a tough situation, that, you know, not, ha- not having fans. But as you said, the fact that they are getting to play is – you know, as you talk to coaches from the spring and that kind of thing, and and those kids didn't get to play at all. These kids are getting to play. They're just not going to have fans in the stands. But 
I would think yeah. the, the bigger win is that they're getting to play. That's exactly right. They're gonna they're not gonna have fans tonight uh, the way they told me yesterday, but I think they are working to you know to see how it works and then they may you know have a third capacity or tenth capacity you know going forward. So, mm-hmm. but the big key is these kids want to compete. They've been practicing and conditioning all of this time, and you know. They just want to compete. They want to play against someone else. Absolutely. Visiting with TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress. Bernard, I am curious as to what the TWSAA, obviously it's not a requirement, but what is the recommendation when a region (laughs) game is missed and there's an opportunity to reschedule it? Are you guys just leaving it up to the schools and not giving them any guidance on that, or are you asking them to try to play it if they can? What's what's the what's the the TWSAA position on that? Oh, so, uh, that's a great question, and we work with schools on a daily basis with that. Uh, when region games are not being uh, able to be played due to COVID nineteen, the board passed the policy saying if the game is not made up, the team that actually had to quarantine and could not play, would not receive, and this is for seeding purposes only, that they would not receive a loss. However, if they didn't play the game and the team that could have played, and when we get to that point, it's for seeding purposes in the region, they would get a win. But we are encouraging our schools, and again, I commend and applaud our uh, coaches for doing everything that they can to try to play those games, but on the other hand, we're saying if you have an open date, you know, both of you all can work that out. One of the things that we're not doing, we're not telling them to cancel non-region games just to play a region game. Because gotcha. those are contracts also. You know, they have contracts and those schools are trying to play games also. So we said we're not forcing them to cancel any non-region game or non-region opponent just to play a regional game. So how does that work in seeding? If you have a team who maybe is only three and O in a region because they had two or three COVID no contests, well, I mean, versus a team that know, has six wins. Well, of course, the team that has six wins is going to be seated, you know, over gotcha. them. But okay, that that, that was my okay. Yeah. So it, is it? It's not necessarily by win percentage, but no potentially total wins. Gotcha. It's all win. Yeah. And in the event of a three-way tie, a COVID win is just a win. I mean, a win is a win at that point. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and we, you know, we always go head to head. You know, mm-hmm. first anyway. Yeah. Okay. We we were kind of studying a potential situation in a uh, mm-hmm. in one of our regions where. Where right. a, a playoff spot could um, could be coming down to a three way tie if things go the way we think they are. Obviously, there's still oh, okay. a lot of football to be played. But right. um, so, no fans in Metro. But you being the executive director, if you decided to go to a game tonight, you could probably get in. Are you getting out? Oh yeah, uh, you know this is uh, it's interesting. The way I've always handled situations. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun to do. I really don't even decide where I'm going to go on any given Friday night. I just go in whichever direction I decide to turn. 
because there's games everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, follow the and, lights. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, let's follow the lights and just, okay, I think I'll go over the over, and, you know, tonight, you know, because I'm right here, you know. And that's a lot of fun because I'm, I'm just looking for watching kids compete and uh, making sure, you know, when I go now, you know, I think I find myself now looking more in the stands and seeing these people trying to social distance, trying to have the mask on, looking to see, making sure the temperatures are being checked, you know, when people are going in or in a contest. Uh, it's it's just uh, when you when I get out, and a lot of times it's uh, I'll stay for half at one site and look up and say, I think I'm going to go down the road and watch the other half of another game. So, uh, because again, people think that we care who wins the contest. That's not what we're all about. We're about kids being out there competing and having fun and doing it in a sportsmanlike manner. You know, Bernard, I was at a, um, at a district golf tournament earlier this week and talking to a couple of administrators and they were discussing the state wrestling tournament and how in the era of COVID that might be best approached. And, and it's, when you think about it, talking about an event that is scheduled to happen in February and having to consider COVID guidelines and COVID measures and that kind of thing is really a little discouraging, but I know that you have to work ahead and that kind of thing. And yeah. that's kind of where you are. But what, what do you, how far ahead are you all working and looking as far as that goes? All the way throughout this entire. Well, I mean, we had a staff meeting yesterday, Maurice, and we have to catch ourselves sometime, and I have to get the staff back on task and say, wait a minute, we all focus. Let's focus on our fall sports because we do find ourselves sometimes talking about. Uh, wrestling and talking about spring fling, even even that far out is what we go, you know, what this looks like. And I say, whoa, let's get through the fall first. Let's get back on track. I can tell you that wrestling is probably the sport right now. Mm-hmm. Even uh, everybody talks about football, as you said, but when you look at wrestlers and what they do, that's probably the sport that's keeping us up. <laughs> Uh, more than any right now, Mark Reeves in our office does a fantastic job, not just on the uh, uh, state level, but on the national level. There's so many uh, administrators and coaches and things across the nation that, you know, really uh, that Mark has, uh, he contacts, he's been on the wrestling National Wrestling Rules Committee uh, for several years, and he just does a fantastic job. But right now, that sport what those kids have to do to compete is causing us a lot of sleepless nights and how we're gonna how how we're gonna do this in the in the age of uh, this pandemic it's gonna that, be tough that was one of my biggest concerns because of the the length of time that you are in contact with your opponent is much Absolutely. longer than the others do you think the success of the majority of your fall sports makes your spring sports easier to to prepare for. 
I feel like we know that baseball, softball, those type sports can be played relatively safely due to what we've seen over the summer and then, of course, through the fall. Yeah, uh, I just think we learn something every day. Sure. (laughs) You know, uh, it's even with the guidelines changing as they are, at some point we're hoping that we can get back to even more sense of normalcy. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a learning process. I mean, and something pops up that, uh, you know, that we haven't heard. Uh, some guidelines changed from the CDC. Uh, we have, you know, even uh, I, I think just the medical professions that we have been able to, uh, I guess, help us, help our team as we go forward, you know, has, has been, this has just been invaluable uh, with uh, the number of people that have been willing to step up and say, hey, we'll help you we'll help you through this, you know, we'll help you uh, guidelines. And uh, we have a partnership with uh, Vanderbilt and it's, I could pick up the phone or any one of our directors could pick up the phone and call the medical uh, doctors that we deal with at Vanderbilt. And if they are busy, I can tell you that they will call us back that day. And that's the way we just appreciate that so much. And, you know, because we don't know. They are giving us guidance. They're the experts. We just have to follow the science and follow the experts and let them guide us and tell us what we need to be doing. Bernard, we talked about Metro Nashville coming back tonight. Um, Obviously, the situation in Shelby County is a little different. Shelby County schools are Mm -hmm. still inactive and definitely – what are you? Mm-hmm. I, I know that you guys have said, and as far as we're concerned, you can play, but that's going to be up mm-hmm. to each of the individual localities. What are your feelings about that situation? Well, uh, we we said from day one, like you said, our job as the state association is to work as hard as we can to create an atmosphere that if you want to participate, if you feel like it's safe, if your local health department feels like it's safe to participate, then here are the guidelines, here are the regulations. Right now, this is how we feel. This is the safest way possible. We feel like you can do this. But we have always been supportive of every one of our uh, uh, school systems and schools to make that decision based on what's going on in their area, because every area is different. Uh, it's unfortunate that they're not being able to participate because, you know, the situation uh, right now in Shelby County, the superintendent does, just doesn't feel, you know, like it's safe for those students and athletes to participate. So as far as we're concerned, we support that decision because no school ever is required to participate we provide opportunities you know for them to participate in whatever sport and no member of school is ever required to participate in a sport uh, we always hate it when kids are not being able to you know compete because we know they want to but they know what's best for their system right now and we just have to support that decision once again TWSAA executive director Bernard Childers 
Bernard, thanks so much for joining us here on WKOM 1017 in Columbia, Tennessee. We really appreciate it and all of your insight, really exciting stuff there and excited to see how the TWSAA continues to navigate this situation and allow student athletes to play when possible. Oh, thank you all for having me on and I'll be glad to, you know, come on at any time and we can talk and I'll update you as to where we are. Sounds good, Bernard. We appreciate it. Hey, um, enjoy your Friday night. Hopefully it'll be a dry one. Oh, thank you. Uh, you all for having me on again. And I just want to thank you all for what you do for high school sports in, in the state of Tennessee. Uh, we have a, we just feel like we have a great working relationship with all of our media outlets and it's, you know, some states do not, but uh, you all are, we consider you all our partners and thank you all for what you do. Thank you, sir. All, okay. all right. All right. Always love when we get ready to go get a guest and Maurice will call him up and, the, and he says, do you have a minute? And they say, I've always got a minute for you. Every one of them never fails. It, it's, it's pretty nice to have that just so you know, but all right. Well, when we come back, we are going to talk about some of the other games in our cover or outside of our coverage area as Southern Middle Tennessee sports, but inside the coverage area here at WKOM. So make sure to stay tuned. We'll talk about that and more when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. 